0: Listening to the Writers Forum. I'm your host, Mike Tusa, and today I'll be speaking with author Sierra Godfrey about her new book, The Second Chance Hotel. Sierra is a tech editor by day. Uh, This is her second novel, following her well received debut novel, A Very Typical Family. Welcome to the show, Sierra.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, well, before we turn to the novel, you are listed as being a tech editor, a full-time job. What, what exactly does that entail?
1: Well, it's, uh, it's actually tech, tech writing and editing, and okay. I work for a software company, um, you know, translating technical concepts into <laughs> uh, easier language for end users to digest.
0: Okay. Well, when do you find time to write your fiction? And do you have like a favorite place that you write or go to to write?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I have two desks in my office. Okay. I'm really lucky to have a home office, okay. and um, uh, I do all of my work stuff on one desk, and then when I'm not working, I do all of my writing stuff on the other desk. And they're they're very different types of desks, so it's uh-huh. it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I I don't know where I fit it in. I this is you know writing books. Is something I wanted to do since I was a very small child so this is uh, and I have to work full-time so uh, you know this is just I just make it work I just fit it into the cracks and crevices of life
0: that's interesting the two desks it's almost two mindsets right how does yeah so let me ask you this you know as a former lawyer I was often asked you know how did my legal writing affect my creative writing how does your tech writing influence or affect your creative writing, or vice versa?
1: You know, it doesn't a heck of a lot. I'm, I'm so, so lucky to be able to write um, for a living both ways. And I think, if anything, it lends itself to a little bit more structure in fiction and um, editing, you know, self-editing.
0: Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about the new book, The Second Chance Hotel. Um, the promotional material for the new novel compares it to my big fat Greek wedding, and I'm always curious. Yeah. I'm always curious how authors feel about such comparisons, which are normally made by their publicists. How did you feel about that?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm happy for any comparison with big <laughs> films <laughs> set in Greece. I'm, I'm fine with it, and I, I think Big Fat Wedding Three is releasing next week or on the weekend. Ah. So the timing is incredible. So, uh, you know, hey, if if people see the film and they're like, Oh, and I think it takes place in Greece, yeah. then I think, oh, my gosh, I would love more of that, they can pick up my book because that is more of that.
0: <laughs> but, you know, that does happen. Folks will read something and they're looking for something in the same vein. So, um, yeah, yeah, that may be helpful. All right. So in your new novel, Second Chance Hotel, mm-hmm. The novel is set in large part on a fictional island in Greece. And it is fictional, because I did show you if I could find it. That's, I'm going I'm <laughs> yeah. to pronounce it as Asteri. I'm not sure if that's correct. Um,
1: I think that's correct.
0: All right. But I understand you, you've you been to some of the Greek islands. Was this uh, to live there or for research?
1: I lived in Santorini for a few years when I was a kid. Okay. So, And I haven't been back since, but the... The time that we were there, and partly in Athens as well, um, but the time on Santorini was, you know, (laughs) amazing. And there's so many things I remember about it that were just left incredible impressions on me. And I think I knew I was always going to set a book in Greece at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, And this story just came together where I needed a sort of controlled setting, and I needed a beautiful setting um, somewhere out with the United States, and I just, I knew it was going to be Greece. It was perfect.
0: Well, and location, have you found this to be true in your writing? Location can also be somewhat of a character in the book, right?
1: Definitely, absolutely, yeah. I I thought it was. Yeah, yeah.
0: excuse me. I thought it was in this one anyway.
1: Um, yeah, right. and I've heard from a lot of early readers who've said, um, you know, that the food, the the yep. sense, the you know, the just the feel of the sunshine um, made a huge impression on them. Which yeah. is exactly my intention. So
0: yeah, well, it it lends itself too to for, to the story. All right, so your main character is named Amelia Lang, and by coincidence, I guess she worked in the tech field when the novel starts. <laughs> Tell us what her backstory is. Who is Amelia Wang?
1: Amelia is somebody who isn't really sure who she is. She uh, was living with a boyfriend who wasn't the greatest guy on Earth. And um, when they break up, she has to go live with her mother, who is also not the greatest person on Earth. So she's kind of bouncing around unhappy. And it all comes to a head at the very start of the novel when she um, feels That the the ex-boyfriend who she works with which is always a bad idea um, (laughs) sort of (laughs) sort of messes her over and and she reacts extremely impulsively and inappropriately and is fired and It's the shock of that that kind of sends her off and out into the out into the world
0: Mm mm-hmm well Um, You know, you're talking about her boyfriend who's kind of flawed and her mother who's a bit flawed and then she Mm -hmm. acts impulsively. Have you found in your writing that, let's call them imperfect characters, are much more interesting to write about?
1: That's such a good question because I think over the years, um, the characters I've written that are imperfect are imperfect because I am imperfect. and. All of the things I might not have liked about myself, uh, I found coming out in characters, and unfortunately, those characters are you know are somewhat unlikable for it. There's you know there's an unlikable element there, and in a story, you you accept that as a reader because you know that most stories are about change and transformation. So you're going to see, okay, how's this character <laughs> going to be redeemed? How are they going? Right. What are they going to do to fix that? Um, and I think that what I've seen over time is, yeah, those, those elements were pieces of myself. Um, and later things that I've written in and working on, I can see that that element is not there because I forgive myself a lot more now right. for imperfections and, and work on them. And it's just really interesting to see how that comes out in a character. <laughs> I guess there is a huge piece of me
0: in them. Yeah, well, that leads me to another question, but first an observation, if I will. I think that, you know, universal themes play well, folks that are reading, and none of us are perfect, and I think people can identify with the imperfect character or the flawed character to some degree, uh, and so I think that's universal. But since you talked about putting yourself in these characters, I have to ask this question, which I generally wait till the end to ask. But... um, (laughs) So you create a character, you put them in certain situations, and you have to, as the writer, figure out how they get out of them or how they resolve them or whatever. In that process, especially since you said, you know, you use some of yourself in this, do you learn anything about yourself?
1: I think I do. I think every character I write um, has to have a moment of reckoning, Mm -hmm. and I work through that with them. So. I'm not sure that it it relates directly to my life because I'm not these characters at all. But um, I think thinking through that moment of reckoning and the decision to change or not um, definitely is something I really, really feel deeply as I write and love.
0: That's good. Okay. All right. Well, let's jump back to the novel. We, we're going to put the philosophical to the side for a moment. Um, writers will often tell me that they started with a story idea. And then other times they say, well, no, I really started with a character idea. What was it for the Second Chance Hotel? What was it for you?
1: Well, I've always loved the marriage of convenience trope, and mm-hmm. I've wanted to write a story. I've tried to write stories about that for years, and I just I really wanted to to work with that. Um and it wasn't until I was sitting uh, in, in traffic one morning listening to <laughs> local radio in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I heard a story um, that the DJs were, were talking about, about this, this couple who had um, gotten married, and they were on their honeymoon in some on, on an island somewhere, and they drank too much and bought the hotel they were staying in from their <laughs> from the hotel owners okay. and they were they were astonished the next morning and tried to get out of it but couldn't and so they made a go of it and I thought well, that is so interesting. Yeah. And what also would happen if you hadn't been married, but you accidentally got married? That right, right, kind of right. this kind of all came together.
0: So <laughs> it gave you a storyline. That's wonderful. All right, so yeah. we've talked yeah. a little bit about Amelia, but the other interesting character, our main character in the novel is a man named James. Now, on the surface, his interest, hiking, trees, doesn't seem like it would be a match with a tech, techie like Amelia. When you were writing his character... And creating his character was this done on purpose that they don't quite seem on the surface to fit.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, they they're fine being friends, but they're just a, they're just very different people. And um, especially at the beginning of the story, she <laughs> she kind of dismisses him as being a potential partner because he's too different. Um, and that's something I wanted to play with over the course of the novel. Is is you know. Do they get over that? Do they see each other more deeply?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it works. I, all I can tell you, as someone who's read it, it works. Now, in the novel, you're not bashful, or Amelia's not bashful, perhaps I should say, about setting forth, you know, her her particular desires. Let's say um, with others. And I have to ask, you know, with the political environment and everything, do you ever worry or or restrict yourself about what you will
1: write? No. Um, I think any restriction comes from me just not pushing myself enough. But I think that it's one of the joys of writing a story and a whole novel is pushing myself in ways that I didn't think I could be pushed.
0: Okay. All right. Now, Amelia is attracted to James a little bit, but despite the fact that they don't seem to be a good fit at the outset... Um, She does become attracted to him, but she's still hesitant to commit to the relationship. And why is that?
1: Well, she doesn't know him very well, and she thought that she would be leaving. (laughs) Um, And, you know, drank a lot of (laughs) right in those early days. So I think she she recognizes she has some work to do, Mm -hmm. and um, especially with her best friend at home who she kind of leaves in the lurch. A little bit and uh, you know she knows she has to go back and face reality and you can't just stay and live in Greece forever yeah. unless maybe you can <laughs> yeah.
0: well you know what struck me was she just got out of a, a bad relationship and we're going to talk about her parents in a moment and they're not in the best shape of relationship and so I wondered if me, perhaps and maybe I'm reading too much into it when I read it I thought perhaps some of her hesitancy was that that baggage that she was dragging behind
1: oh for sure Okay. But definitely. I think we bring our baggage to everything we do.
0: Sure. All whether right. we
1: think we do or not. <laughs>
0: okay. So Amelia and James end up at this hotel, the Rhea Hotel on the Greek island, where coincidentally Amelia's mother and father had spent some time many years before. Um, the owner of the hotel, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, is Takis. Um, I was, Takis. Takis. Okay. I was struck by the fact that. And I thought it was powerful in the book that he gives the two of them, Amelia and James, something of a lesson about love when he talks about his deceased wife. Um, that was so poetic. Where did that come from?
1: Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Takis is a wise person who has seen a lot of people come through his hotel over the years. Right. I mean, I think I have him operating it for you know, 20, 30 years yeah, yeah. or more. And he's seen people. He sees what they're capable of, and he sees things that they're not ready to see. And, um, you know, he doesn't have any heirs, or he has a niece, but she does not want the hotel, so he wants to leave it to somebody who's going to carry on that that tradition of seeing people and loving people.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he, he's a wise voice in the in the novel. Now, Amelia's yeah. parents have divorced, and you write that, I thought this was a great line, that her mother was, quote, was like a tea kettle that was almost about to whistle, close quote. Um, <laughs> great line. Mother-daughter relationships can often be fraught. Are you drawing on anything autobiographical there?
1: No, not at all. In okay. fact, I dedicated this novel to my mother, I, who, I know. Um, you know, I lived within Greece. But no. Um, however, I do understand um, narcissistic parents, I do understand uh, that a lot of, for some reason, high proportion of of mothers, of women um, can be narcissists. And it's so painful. And, you know, we we don't really know how to react to that. And because I think narcissistic people and anyone who's ever dealt with one will know this, um, you know, they don't really change. So the only thing you can do is protect yourself. Yeah. But that's a hard lesson to learn, especially when it's your parent who um, does a lot of telling you that um, they'll help you and things are fine, but you need to be there where they can, you know, have control over you.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it, part of what struck me in that regard was I, I, at least initially I was puzzled why Amelia went to this hotel. She's Her mother wants her to go. Um, the relationship is strained but she still ends up going there and I wondered if, and I'm probably reading too much into this, but the hotel itself needs work, right? It's not in the best Mm -hmm. of shape. Am I reading too much into it to suggest that the hotel is something of a stand-in for Amelia's relationship with her parents?
1: Um, I certainly didn't intend that or think about that when I was writing it, but I think it it folds in beautifully and I think that's probably right. You know, it, it, it was someplace where her parents were happy they honeymooned there. Right. And her parents are not happy and have divorced, and, you know, the whole family is kind of torn apart. And um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's, it all fits in very, very much with her story and her family's story.
0: Well, let me ask you this, maybe uh, consistent with that. You've, this is your second book. Um, I have had yeah. authors tell me this before that after the book is out, people will call or write or whatever friends or people they don't even know and tell them something they got out of the book that the author never even thought about. Have you had that yes. experience? Have, have you had that yes. experience?
1: Yeah, absolutely. With my first novel, a very typical family, I had a lot of people um pointing out things that I never thought of. You know, I I wish I could say that when I write a novel, I think of every single thing, but a lot of it's <laughs> instinct and I actually don't know where it comes from. Sometimes it just comes out of me in this kind of cloud of, I don't know, um, story. And it's as much for me to untangle and find meaning in everything as I'm, as I'm writing. So I love hearing that. I think it's, it's fascinating, but it doesn't sound wrong to me that the hotel plays a part in this family Mm -hmm. that's, that's sort of been torn apart because that that fits with this story and it feels right. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> and in my first novel, um, one of the things I, I thought was so interesting was it's about that's about, uh, you know, a family that has been torn apart and the siblings are estranged. And I had a lot of people reach out to me and say, um, oh, gosh, this made me want to reach out to estranged my estranged sibling. Yeah. And I thought, wow, now that is is the really, that's really cool.
0: Well, that's that's the power of of your writing that's doing that, you know, and giving them, again, a universal theme. It has to be something people identify with, and obviously that's what happens. Yeah, I've always been fascinated when when authors say they learn something about their writing that they didn't intend. Now, the book Mm -hmm. also has a recipe or two at the end of it. One I know was for uh, Musaka, if I remember correctly. Where did, yes. the, where did the idea come from to do that, to put a recipe or two in the book? And where did those recipes come from?
1: The recipes came from my mother. Um, <laughs> I worked with her. She, she's made moussaka for years uh-huh. since we lived in Greece. And um, we never make it with eggplant because we don't like it.
0: Okay. Um, she
1: always makes it with potatoes, and that's, that's a thing in the book. Um, so we, we've got that one in there, and she helped me develop that one. Um, and then I also have some other ones that she helped me with. And the, the, I'm just going to put those on my website for readers. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's uh, she's a fantastic cook and has always made really wonderful Greek dishes. And I am not a natural cook. I do not have that <laughs> gene, unfortunately. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I was really fortunate she just worked with me to sort of come up with this. And I would say, okay, well, how do you do this? Oh, just put these things together. And I'm like, no, I <laughs> need an actual, you know, tell me how to do it. So, well, that
0: that's the sign of a yeah. good cook. They don't really measure necessarily in yeah. everything, you know. Uh, they tell that's you, right. use a little bit of this and some of that. And, yeah, right. All right. So right. <laughs> so you have really good, well-defined characters in the book, Amelia James, for example. Um a lot of times authors will tell me that if they create a good character or characters, that the characters will actually help write the story. Was that true in Second Chance Hotel? And if so, which one of the characters helped write it more than any other?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I absolutely feel that while I'm writing the story, that to be true. And I think the the side characters, the friends, really mm-hmm. carried this story along and really bullied Um, Amelia and James, but particularly Amelia, she, she goes through the choices she has to make. And I think, um, uh, there's a Swedish woman on the island named Mm -hmm. Bergie and she, she really is a very strong character and she just carried everything.
0: (laughs) So do you, when you're writing a book and you're thinking of characters, you for lack of a better way to describe it live with these characters while you're writing the book think about them during the day yeah. jot down notes about oh maybe this characteristic will work etc
1: definitely yeah when i'm writing a book i think about it nonstop
0: uh-huh.
1: on walks during like you know making dinner anything yes
0: okay all right um now some authors will tell me that they write for themselves Others tell me, you know, they're writing to make a political point or a social point. And some, a few, will say they do it for the money. <laughs> why, why, do you, why do you write? What is it that motivates you? Because you told me earlier you've been wanting to do this since you were very small. What is it that motivates you yeah. to write?
1: Well, years ago, it was definitely um, me figuring out myself. Uh-huh. And I would write through that but not so much anymore. I think I've figured out myself. Now it's just for the joy of the emotional feels of the story. And I love that. And as a writer, um, you get a little bit different set of feels than you do as a reader because you're spinning it. And it's just, it's such a an exquisite pleasure to to write a story and find it coming out the way you want to see it. Do you and ever... I, do you... you know, I didn't... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Sorry. I generally have an idea of where the story will go, and just, you know, writing towards that that end goal is just so fascinating and and satisfying.
0: Do you outline your stories, or do you kind of fly by the seat of your pants?
1: Um, I outline them as much as I can, but I leave a lot of room for, you know, I try to start with an outline, but I have to learn who the characters are. So, um, for example, I recently sent my agent a couple chapters of, a, of something new, and she read them and said, yeah, but, you know, they're good, but, you know, how about this? And And I thought, well, shoot, I don't really know the characters yet. So I didn't know them because the end wasn't written. And right. usually I need to write to a, a, a really messy first draft before I can go back and go, okay, of course these first two chapters need to change because I didn't know who the characters were at first.
0: That's so fascinating. Yeah. I, Do you write? When yeah, you, I
1: have to live in it.
0: When you write, yeah. do you write chronologically or do you write chapters and then figure out later where, what goes where? I write
1: chronologically. I okay. start at the beginning okay. and work right. through it.
0: <laughs> All right. And, and you know, for, for writers or potential writers listening out there, I'm assuming every so often you, you hit dead ends and have to discard a chapter or discard something you wrote. Doesn't fit. Yes, yeah. a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we do have folks, based on what we get here at the station every so often, that... that asked me to ask this question. Um, If you had to give advice to somebody who wants to be a writer, who thinks they are a writer, but they're not yet published, what advice would you give them?
1: Well, read widely. Read as widely as Ah, you possibly can. And when you read, pay attention to what you don't like in a novel, what doesn't resonate with you, what what doesn't sit well with you, and pay attention to what you do like. Um, And I think... The other thing is understand what your end goal is. If it's to simply write something and put it out there, um, you know, there's many ways to do that. But if it's to see it in print in a bookstore, that's a different path. Traditional publishing is harder. And girding yourself for rejection and getting a literary agent and, you know, submit, submitting it to a publisher, that's a, that's a rough, tough path. And you need to be prepared for that and understand how that industry works. So reading widely is really, really important. Um, I read all the time. I love reading. I always have a couple books in my hands. Um, But the other thing is, if you really want to see it through, don't quit. Because if you quit, then you won't get there. But if you keep going, then there's a possibility you'll get there.
0: Yeah. But well, do you write every day? I remember reading that Charles Bukowski said he wrote every day, and every third day he'd throw away what he wrote the first and the second day. But do you write every day?
1: No, I don't. Okay. Um, I need time off, and I sort of write in these intense bursts. So when I'm working on a on a novel, um, I definitely write every day.
0: Okay. Well, how anytime l- I can get. How long you know. did it take you to write the Second Chance Hotel? Approximately.
1: Um. Probably four or five months, but it was – I had written part of it, um, and then I I was busy with the edits and everything for my first novel, so I kind of put it aside. And that was always helpful because you need to put things aside before you come back to them so you can see all the ways that you were going in the wrong direction. And then I picked it up again and finished it and um, revised it. So, So, yeah, I – Four or five months yeah. so
0: you're actually are you saying that you were working on two at the same time, two novels at the same time?
1: Uh, no, I never do okay. Um, okay this one yeah i think of I think of things in terms of writing it mm-hmm. uh, and creating the story and then editing so uh i was edit i was in edits with my editor um you. on the first novel while I was writing this, but no, never at the same time okay, I All can't right.
0: okay. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to the Writers Forum, and I've been privileged to speak with author Sierra Godfrey about her new book, The Second Chance Hotel. It's a good one, folks. Pick it up. Sierra, is there a website or other social media that folks can go to in order to learn more about the book or about you?
1: Yes, uh, you can go to sierragodfrey.com. And I'm on pretty much every social media, but mostly these days, Instagram, So you can find okay. me at okay.
0: Sierra Godfrey there. All right. Well, Sierra, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you. It was lovely.
0: Thank you. Listen, folks, music for the show is provided by Valerie Hunt Jester, and audio for today's show has been, been provided by Dell Agnew. Tune in on Tuesdays at 4 p.m., Wednesdays at 5.30 a.m. for the next edition of the Writers' Forum.